0: Abide with me. Abide with me. Don't let me fall. And don't.
1: is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, I've got a special guest with me today by way of a a Zoom call here, but uh, we're using Zoom a lot these days. But uh, uh, George Carnell is uh, in the Memphis area. Welcome, George. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Glad to have you today. Uh, George has been a leader over there for a few years now. And uh, I think you came in, we can talk a little bit about how you came into the ministry. People always want to know how people found us and, and, and how, what the journey meant to you and all that. But uh, I believe it was through Jay Thompson. Is that right?
0: It was. Um, I have a company called Extra Credit and we help merchants support nonprofit organizations of their choice through credit card processing fees. And Jay asked if I could talk to him about that. And then he said, you know, you really do. If you're going to work with us, you need to know more about the journey. And I said, well, that's probably true. And he said, there's a book on my back porch. So you got to drive from here to my back porch to pick it up. So there was no easy way of getting in. I read the book and I got back in touch and I said, Jay, this is something that I think I want to, I really want to do. And he said, go, oh, great. I'll tell you when the next group starts. And one month went by and three months went by and seven months went by. And finally he said, all right, we got a group to start. And the rest, goodness gracious, was a great history.
1: Well, so tell me a little bit about your spiritual life uh, before the journey and then kind of what anything that just where the journey changed anything or helped you in any way. Can you give any comment on that?
0: Um, I I have uh, taught Sunday study classes. I've taught Wednesday study classes. Um, I um, uh, thought that I uh, had an understanding of Christian principles. But what I didn't have was an understanding of how they all fit together. Mm. And that was missing. And I remember I used to tell people, if I can give you more information, more uh, stuff, That will make you a better Christian. And that was wrong. It is abiding. It is getting closer to the Lord and not just being there, but living there. So it Mm -hmm. becomes a part of who you are. And I remember when I went through the journey the first time, goodness, it may have been 18, 2018, um, things clicked. I, I could see how they fit together. Um, It may have been 17, but anyway, make a long story short, Um, that was significant for me that I saw how uh, teaching more, working more was not as important as abiding more and Mm. then enabling my fruit that Jesus has just routinely given to me. And it just happens organically empowered my gift of teaching and relating to people and encouragement and it became so much um, more productive. Um, people would comment that there was um, something that, that was different uh, and it was hard to put a finger on. Uh, well, mm-hmm. goodness gracious, it was the Lord Jesus living through me because I was abiding uh, and that was not important to me. I remember reading go and make disciples, but there wasn't any instruction manual after that <laughs> as to how to do that. Right, And uh, you have to look. And so when Jesus said, abide in me and I abide in you, that was just a, a revelation to me as to how everything fits. So now, whenever I teach it's this is how to make you a better believer so that the Lord lives through you. And we it's just a different way of teaching, way of talking, way of r- relating with people.
1: Well, and it, kind of what you're describing uh, sounds like uh, what a lot of people have said is that it moves from theory or moves from your head, your, your thoughts into your heart and settles into your heart. And then you start living out of your heart, you know, and not just out of your rationale and your thought, you know, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, so tell everybody where you live. You're, you're in a kind of a suburb of Memphis. It got, it, Cause I, you know, I didn't realize this until I got involved in this ministry that Memphis is really close to Mississippi, you know, and to Arkansas. It's kind of right in the corner there. It is right in the
0: corner and you can take a rock and throw it real hard from olive branch, Mississippi into Memphis. So we're right there. Okay. Um, we're um we're probably one of the fastest growing counties in the state of Mississippi. Uh, So we're positioned well. Um, And our church, for instance, um, uh, sponsored a spiritual renewal weekend, much like Walk to Emmaus or Great Banquet or Crucio. And so I had gone through all the leadership positions of that and uh, it really was time to either go through them again or step aside and let other guys have the opportunity to grow and develop. So I stepped aside and I said, "Now, what in the world am I going to do?" And I remember we would have sessions on other four-day ministries, one of which was Kairos, which was a prison ministry. Now, I could barely spell prison at that particular time, so I I contacted the Kairos folks in Mississippi. And I said, I'd like to find out more about uh, you and the organization and how this works. And I'd like to get involved. So they just said, well, come on. Um, So I got uh, involved in 2018, as a matter of fact, with my very first uh, Kairos weekend. And similar to the Walk to Emmaus, the four-day weekend spiritual renewal, uh, very, very similar. Uh, But it's inside a prison setting. Um, so it it is as powerful there as it is outside in what the inmates refer to as the free world um so it it was just a powerful recognition that the concepts of Jesus being put in a weekend type setting um it works, and it doesn't matter where it works. so I had an leg up on um coming into the prisons uh, prior to uh, having the opportunity to take the journey into the prison.
1: Well, yeah, I'm glad you kind of, I didn't, I didn't remember that part of your story, but yeah, that's one of the main reasons I wanted to interview you today, George, is, um, I wanted you to tell everybody a little bit about your experience in guiding a journey group Mm -hmm. in the prisons. And so, so it, it, I'm assuming that your Kairos experience was that in Parchman prison. Is that where you first experienced it?
0: Yes. Yes. Parchman, um, penitentiary is the state prison for Mississippi in the middle of the state, uh, it's a little over two thousand acres. it It originally was a farm, and parchment originally raised crops, sold crops. Now they've got this humongous um, facility that stows uh, all of the prisoner clothing, the tops and the bottoms, the shirts and the pants, uh, for everybody in the state of Mississippi who is in a facility. And other states now are ordering. Uh, So it is just, uh, there is a lot being done on Parchment. There's about somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,000 folks there. It's a maximum security prison. So there's from death row to the folks that are in minimum security. Um, Mm. We happen to be in the minimum to medium security areas. Um, So uh, having been in Kairos, I I I was aware of Parchment but i had no idea how to broach the subject of taking the journey into the prison and i went to the um, leadership seminar that we had in oklahoma and there was some talk on the periphery about prison ministry so i i listened and i was um hearing how folks had done the six-week program uh, but i didn't hear anybody who would really done the full-blown nine-month journey so I said to myself, um, I'd like to see if we could try this, and we'll we'll lead the pack here. So now, how am I going to get into prison? Well, there just happened to be a Kairos weekend, re- sorry, it's a retreat, it's a one-day retreat, and it's just a summary of the whole weekend just done in one day. So I happened to be one of the speakers, and I after I was through, I was talking to, I just walked up to the chaplain who happened to be there, and I, Said, I like your pants. He had on some really crazy pants. Um, <laughs> and he'd got these trousers uh, somewhere in Angola. And then he began to tell me that he was a former inmate in the Angola penitentiary and he had found the Lord there and had come to serve at Parchment as a chaplain. And mm-hmm. we got to talking and what did he do? What does he like to do? And so he said, what do you do when you're not with Kairos? And I said, yes, it it was the Holy Spirit had set this up because right out of my mouth without any thinking was I guide guys into an intimate relationship with Jesus that transforms their life forever. He said, well, I'm in. I said, (laughs) no, you're not. You just need to know about this program first. He said, well, we got guys who need that. I said, we got guys everywhere who need that. So I sent him a book. He read The Journey to the Inner Chamber. He contacted me. He said, we need to figure out how to start this down in parchment. So um, we figured out a schedule. Um, I asked for him to set up some um, guys that he felt were hungry, who were looking for something more, something different. And so he got together about 20 guys. And we went down and talked to them and they uh, had read the book. And one of the things that I wanted to do, um, you have been so kind, Brian, to make available the materials for um, people inside the facilities, but I wanted us to pay for that. So I contacted a number of folks who had been through the journey and I asked them if they would go on another journey and I'll drive down. It's about an hour and a half away. I'll drive down with some other guys. We'll co-guide, but would they join the journey by paying for the materials, the journey starter pack for everybody inside the prison who was going to go? Uh, So we uh, met with 20 the first time, and very quickly it dropped down. Folks were not interested for a long time period. Some folks were Uh, It was just a good meeting to get out of whatever they were doing. So we ended up with um, 10 and those 10 have been so deeply impacted by the journey. It's been such a blessing to them that I heard we just had a meeting yesterday and folks said that they've had so many people ask them, when does the next journey start? Because they've seen a difference already in these guys, in these participants, back in the zone, back in the camp where they are. They, they've seen something, and they want that. And so they're asking, when do we, how do we get started? Who do we talk to? Um, and we haven't had our second extended press session. That's going to come up the end of July. So we're, we're maybe halfway. Um, so it's an important. Acting these guys already. So um, we had our first meeting in November, uh, November the 30th, as a matter of fact, of 2022. That meant we were going to have our second meeting. We're on a two week cycle. So we were going to have our second meeting around December the 14th, and I'm all geared up and ready to go. And there was an execution on that day. So that meant that the prison was locked down. Nobody comes in. Very few people leave. It's a very controlled environment. So that meant the next two weeks was Christmas. (laughs) So we can't go down there then. Mm
1: -hmm. So the next
0: few weeks is like the middle of January. So from November the 30th until January the 15th, there's this huge time period and they haven't had their second meeting yet. But the journey is not the meeting. The journey is in between the meetings. And I promise Mm -hmm. you, the Holy Spirit was so... Powerful in his presentation of who he was, so that they know God knows them, and they learn that God cares and and God is willing and God is able. Um, so when we met together, there was not a single loss. They were right with us. Mm. Um, it, it was an exciting time for me to see that the Holy Spirit prepared these guys so well. Um, So we started there the middle of February, and we have just proceeding all around. We came to our first extended prayer session. So I got all of the guys there. I mean, there's miles between some of these camps. So I I got them all to come together at the Spiritual Life Center, and we served them all the hamburgers and hot dogs they could eat. It was Mm. a challenge, and we had food that was donated by this wonderful food pantry, Heartland. Hands food pantry that probably serves 40, I can't tell you how many food pantries they at the state of Mississippi. And these volunteers had put aside enough food for these 10 guys. And then all of a sudden, the spiritual life, the people who work there, so that's about 10. And then they're field ministers, so that's about 10. So it ended up about 30 people we were feeding. Um, And we didn't miss a beat. Uh, so we've got our second extended prayer session coming up here in um, the end of July. So we're going to feed pizzas. Uh, and similarly, we're, we're going to get those uh, done at a very inexpensive rate or given to us so that we can feed these guys. Um, so what I found is that the journey groups inside and outside the facility are no different. People are wanting the same things. Um, they want a real encounter with the Lord Jesus. Now, unlike the guys in our world, the free world, the guys inside the facility, you cannot, <laughs> you can't be untruthful to them. They can see through a lie. They can see through an air. They can see. They have been through. Their their life has been rather tough, and so. They don't like frauds. They want the real thing, and anybody who is mamby pamby about the Lord Jesus, they have no interest in. Mm -hmm. But people who just say it is you who have got to change, it is you whose life is what you put in your boat. Remember the sailboat analogy we just Mm -hmm. finished. What you put in the boat, that's your responsibility. To either get it in or get it out, it's Mm -hmm. your responsibility to pull that anchor. Of sin and the weight that so easily entangles us. And and you've got to make the decisions with your hand on the rudder. You've got to decide how are you going to live according to principles that are biblical or what you think or what the society dictates. Mm. That's what they want to hear. Now, having said that, I will tell you that the guys on the inside are so much more committed to doing what's right. They are out there. There is no, society doesn't have any hold on them like a lot of times it has holds on us. We want to do what people would like. We don't want to make enemies. We don't want to rustle any feathers. Those guys are straight up. They, they There is no messing around with them. I just love their openness and their honesty. And where they've done wrong, they are just so open and they confess that and they just are so, right on the spot, they're just repenting of that. Mm. Uh, discussions are so deep you don't hug people in prisons you don't cry in prisons but that's what we do in our journey group we hug we cry we we hold hands together we pray (laughs) for one another we Mm. support one another Um, there is a bond that's been formed that there is nothing in the facility that can create that Mm. and i think part of that has made its way into how they're reacting with other people, thus there's there's an impact that people can see that they've been changed. The transformation has been so mm. obvious to them.
1: Mm. Mm. Well and I I love the part, you know, you were talking about getting almost, you know, I've been to concerts and stuff and they try to get you to sponsor a child in Africa that's hungry or something like that. Well, in this case, you got journey guys to sponsor an inmate who's going through the journey. And I, I just love that thought. It's a great oh, yeah. idea.
0: Let me talk about that for a second. I asked people if they would do that, and my my
1: plan
0: is that at the end at commencement, I'm going to ask these guys who funded these journey packs uh, to fill out a mess of forms that they've got to fill out to be allowed to come onto the premises there at the facility. But I want them to come and be at the commencement. I want them to talk to these guys. I want them to let it resonate in their heart. What did they do by putting money? They changed a life. Um, Now, there's one other point. When these inmates, whether they're um, finished with the journey or in the journey, when they get out, when they process out, most of them go right back to where they came from and what got them in the prison in the first place. And what I want to do is to create a process whereby, when a prisoner leaves, we can hook them up with like a virtual journey group or with a face-to-face journey group, so that they can just plug in the next session as if there's none, nobody dropped the beat. Um, And there is a need for um, some counseling and and just relating to these guys. Mm -hmm. So I think that there is a call. Um, and I realize I'm biased, um, that journey groups can um, help these guys. It could be having a lunch with them. It could be uh, having their antennas up for, for job openings or, or places that they might uh, live. And so I think that we can aid in the, in the former prisoners coming back into the free world. Um, I just think there's a tremendous deal for that. And I think as we expand, one of the exciting things, gosh, I don't want to lose this, but the the goal of this is to, after this journey is finished, to do uh, one more journey with, uh, there are two other guys that are going down every other Wednesday with me. We drive an hour and a half down and hour and a half back, is that we will separate <clears throat> and we'll go into different camps and take uh, those that the Lord has raised up to co-guide. So we're we're looking, we're planting seeds. Is this what the Lord is leading you to do? So we'll raise co-guides out of this group to go with us, and there'll be three um, journey groups going on at the same time. And then following that, Brian, we will let the Holy Spirit use these guys to be guides inside the facility. And Mm -hmm. there will be an ongoing growth of the influencer ministry inside the facility. It Mm -hmm. is exciting to see, um, yes, there's a church, and no, this is not in competition with churches. And yes, this will strengthen the churches inside the facility. So it will be a, a powerful, anointed relationship created by the Lord Jesus Christ and when the Holy Spirit is so present in the facility, um, relationships with men will fall away, and there will be such a reclaiming of their lives so that they can impact others, both in the facility and when they process out into the free world.
1: Mm. I, I'm, I was going to ask you about the uh, the ones who get released because I know you know the goal of a prison is obviously it's it's punishment for crimes but but what they hope to do is to reform them so that when they do return to society they can live a productive life and unfortunately that that big word that i never can say recidivism i guess it's called which means most prisoners who get released end up back in prison they go back to their they end up getting back in their old circles or whatever and they end up they don't know how to live on the outside and and i my heart i'm sure it's your heart that that if if the journey does what it's supposed to do and these guys learn how to abide in Christ um, and you couple it with what you're talking about is influencers, community support, I think that could help that problem. I, I mean, I really do. I, I just have to believe it will.
0: I think the uh, untold benefits of that, um, we will know only when we get to heaven how many folks have been impacted on the outside as a result of Meshing with, having a relationship with uh, a journey group or journey guy, um, that's, that is a brother. That is not a former inmate. The guys who have come through the journey are forever changed. Um, I, I just can't put into words how these 10 folks have related how different that they are how they have been so transformed. Um, They they are not the same person. So I just know that the impact of us coming alongside these guys, however it happens, however it makes its way to actually becoming a part of what we do as influencers, um, I just think that will be amazing.
1: Well, and and when I when I've got to visit with you and uh, on Rocky's fan the flame tour, you know Rocky, we did a podcast and Rocky talked a little bit about this experience. But I mean, I was blown away. I got to be there uh, with you and not into the journey group, but just meeting with the chaplains and the warden, and and just blown away by it. they are Christ followers. They are they are doing things nobody else is doing in other prisons. They're 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 giving the prisoners dignity. They're treating them like people, not animals. I mean they're they're giving them jobs. Uh, and and I was just so impressed with all that and just to watch watch what's happening there. And one of the chaplains, I think it's the one that you said you first met, I think he had a a, a vision that there was going to be, or somebody else had a vision he latched onto that there's going to be a revival in this country through the prison system. Do you remember him talking about that?
0: Yes. Uh, it was an article written in 1995. Um, one former uh, chaplain um, said he had a vision. And the vision was the Lord came <clears throat> and said, where does somebody keep gold and silver? And the response for this chaplain was, well, he keeps him in special places. Uh, and he said, yes. And where was the gold and silver when, when I was walking the earth? And the chaplain said, well, it was the people that you came in contact with. And he said, in the vision, he said, yes. And he said, where is the silver and the gold today? And the chaplain said, well, I'm not sure. I don't know. And, and the vision was as Jesus walked into a prison and as prisoners were drawn to him, their outward um bodies just became gold they clothes fell away and they became and just like rocky rites of the um knight that leaves the inner chamber and he mm-hmm. is changed and he has his warfare um prepared he's got his chain and 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 his sword and and he rides his horse, he is a powerful representation of a prepared um, disciple coming to find more people to know about the Lord. So that same vision is what this chaplain said, that inside the prison are people who are despised. They're the poor, they're rejected, they're uh, outcasts. And that's what I came to find when I came the first time, the vision was I had the lost sheep of the house of Israel, those who were oppressed, those who were the poor, those who needed to find relief from the religious dogma that was put on them, and they were set free. And he said, today those are ones who are in the prison, and the vision had these these knights uh, warriors uh, walking out of the prison and they didn't go join a ministry they just confronted the evil one head on and Mm. so what we're doing by going to the ministry is letting the holy spirit enable these guys to become strong warriors for the lord And as we are so focused on the organic growth of the ministry, there's no telling where these guys go. They can certainly Mm -hmm. go to places that neither you nor I can go. Mm -hmm. And the people whom they will influence is inestimable. So Mm -hmm. that vision, uh, I can begin to see just from the short time that we've been in our journey. I, I just can't wait to see the end of these nine months and see our folks who help pay for these packets see what the results have been and I I think they will they will be willing to put some more money in for the next series of journey mm. packs as mm. as we go.
1: I, I was, you know, you kind of inspired me. I think I'm going to put a button on our donation page that says prison ministry and let, let people if they want to give toward our prison ministry fund to help fund these inmates and these journey groups, I think that would be a good thing to do. I'd, it's not there now, but I think I'm going to, you've inspired me to do that. Um, but back to your other comment about the vision. I, I remember when I lived in Tulsa, we had this mantra that we wanted to get every man in Tulsa, want to reach every man in Tulsa. And uh, of course now we're reaching women too. Right. But uh, But I remember as I thought that, I remember the Lord said, well, you got to be willing to go to the darkest corners of the city. If you're going to reach every man, you got to be willing to go places you don't want to go, you know, because, you know, it's it's easy to go minister to the guy in Sunday school at your church, who's nice and clean and, you know, looks like you, but if you want to reach every man, you got to be willing to go to some rough places. Um, But uh, anyway, well. And other, George, I think some, somebody's going to be listening to this and there, I think some people are going to be moved by your enthusiasm and by the Holy spirit. And they may be thinking, well, how would I do this in my state? How would I, where would I start? You know, and you talked about how you started just by getting involved with Kairos and then gave you access to a chaplain and all that. But any thoughts on if somebody's moved that they would like to be part of bringing the journey to an, to a prison, where do you think they would start?
0: I will say that the first thing, of course, is they got to they got to pray. They yeah. got to be led by the Holy Spirit. This is where he's leading them. Um, I, I I think there are uh, chaplains at Parchman who would be willing to talk to other chaplains in other prisons and validate what I've just said, that there is something different here. Um, so if if that's, that's the case, uh, I would be happy to uh, talk to them and uh, introduce them to some chaplains here. Um, and then, for, for instance, in our area, we've got Parchment Penitentiary. We've got the um, um, one of the MCCFs, the Marshall County Correction Facility, which is a smaller prison. State facility. We've got a federal release program, John Luttrell Center, where prisoners who are uh, coming back into society are released first there, and then they work a little bit and come back at night. It's it's like putting their big toe in the water, so they try to avoid the recidivism, as you you said. And then finally, we're we're involved in what we call here in 201 Poplar. That's the Memphis City Jail it takes up a huge block. So all those four facilities, there's some part of the journey that's being uh, implemented there. So yes. um, I can have, if somebody has an interest, I can put them in contact with one of our cabinet guys and they can talk about how they did this and what they did. And then that to have somebody validate to a prospective prison or facility that yes, this works. Um, it really will go a long way of getting the foot in the door. Um, and, and then goodness, the Holy spirit will make things work. If if that's what's supposed to happen.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, and people can contact us through our website and then I'll, I'll put them in contact with you, George, if they're interested. Sure. And, um, so I know you're very accessible and willing to help. So sure. that's awesome. And you know, and the old joke is most people are trying to get out of prison and, uh, and with you and others, God is, you're dying to get into prison.
0: <laughs> I, I tell you, if you would have told me a year ago that I would be involved in a prison, I would just say that's thats probably not wrong person. Um, but, but the Holy Spirit has been very, very powerfully effective in how he's led me to where I and the other guys in our cabinet are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you, George, for your time today. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for all the things you're doing with those guys in Parchment. And you've even come up with some creative ideas that I know will be reproduced in other prison expressions, too, that you've done. So, uh, man, God bless you. Thank you so thank much. You much. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. you bet. Well, this has been the Influencers Network podcast, and my guest has been George Carnell from uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, George, but uh, <laughs> your last name. Is it Carnal or Carnell?
0: Uh, you pronounce it with an E, spell it with an A. So
1: it's Carnell. Carnell. Okay. Sorry about that. (laughs) Anyway, George is from Memphis, uh, Tennessee area, kind of on the olive branch, Mississippi side of things over there. So, uh, anyway, talking about prison ministry. So yes, if you would like to know more about how to do that, or have an interest in that, just, uh, contact us through our website, influencers.org. And, uh, And if you're moved to want to uh, donate some resources to help us give away these journey packs to inmates, um, I am going to put a button on the giving page so that you'll be able to find, uh, that'll say prison, prison ministries. So uh, you can go find that on our website as well on the giving page under influencers.org. So anyway, you've uh, been listening to the Influencers Network podcast. My name is Brian Craig. I'm executive director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.